0: What's happening NFL football fans? We are down to week 17. One week left to go and where are you going to get all the information for that last week of the regular season? It's right here on the NFL All 32 podcast presented by Football Game Plan and the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. David Hasek here with the us of the playbook Emery Hunt, Alex Marinoni, and Troy Anthony. Gentlemen good morning and actually good afternoon now at this point we're getting close on the clock here and it's almost time for christmas you guys uh you guys got plans for christmas uh christmas day you guys ready to go yeah, i'm working so oh lovely I there got it the is lucky <laughs> shift there christmas there morning. it is gotta love that one yeah. troy you in, in the same boat yeah exactly the same boat i'm working christmas night well we're all working we're, we're all working we're making sure we're getting prepared and ready for the nfl football games am i right emory or are you just or are you just gonna be eating
1: No, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be working. i'm always <laughs> i'm never not working on football game plan stuff that's the difference when you know you you kind of you run the business you just got to make sure you are always game planning and doing stuff and it's never it's funny because when we talked you know we have the two the three TV shows yeah. on game plus network right and uh, the producer over there hit me up last week um, he always checks in and, and uh, his name's Sean McCormick he does a great job uh, with game plus network he always checks in and is like hey you know you went so-and-so with your picks last week Give giving you a heads up. So he's keeping track of the, the picks we do on the, on the NFL, 30, yep. all 32 show. Mm-hmm. But he was also like, oh, just want to give you a heads up. We're going to be on vacation next week. I know you like to work through holidays, but <laughs> no one will be in the studio. I was like <laughs> It's like, well, yeah, you're true. Because he said, I want to tell you now before you go out and film some shows. And oh, yeah. Network will be on vacation next week. I'm like, all right, cool. He said, but the following, we'll pick back up. So I'm always working, man. It's, it's you know, I pick and, spot, pick and choose my spots when I can relax and take time to appreciate life.
0: Yes. But – there's never a day i'm not working on football game play. but but very much appreciated having the week off here around the the holiday spirit from game plus Now we appreciate you, appreciate all you guys out there uh doing your thing but let's get into the action folks again during this podcast we're going to talk about some of the rest of the nfl 100 we talked about the running backs we're going to get take care of the rest of the offense uh that has been revealed outside of the quarterback positions still a little bit of a question there and we'll talk about the head coaches as well we'll talk about carson wentz Would you rather have the MVP 2017 version or the upgraded, perhaps, 2019 version? We'll talk about that as well. And, of course, we'll talk about the playoff picture. Only one spot up for grabs in each, the NFC and the AFC. We'll talk about the playoff scenarios there, and we'll talk about the games coming up in Week 17. But first, as we always do, let's take a quick look back at Week number 16. We start with the three Saturday games, Houston taking on America's quarterback. Jameis Winston and it was a bucket of ears and a really close ball game good one here but in true Jameis style first pass picked and Houston though had to hold on but they do they win 23 20 and they clinched their fourth AFC South title in the last five seasons it was a pick six so it started the day off with a bang <laughs>
1: uh it was and you saw it happen in slow motion but in true Jameis fashion got the team back in contention only to throw another interception at the end two four three four three interceptions or four interceptions i believe that day um but it was a close game texans tried to give it away shout out to houston for getting their win clinching the afc south and deshaun watson in that
0: 2017 nfl draft class for quarterbacks getting into the playoffs houston will get a home game in the wild card round moving on to buffalo taking on new england buffalo takes the path to the brink again but still just not enough patriots prevail 24 17 they're 11th straight AFC East title
2: yeah I mean who would have thought at this point in the season at the beginning of the season that the Bills would be playing the Patriots week 16 for the division pretty much <laughs> yeah and they they held their role in the entire game until the end there when the Patriots ended up pulling out but Buffalo definitely proved that they can hang with the big boys
0: and I look for them to make some noise in the postseason let's move on to the last one and this was a barn burner San Francisco taking on the LA Rams Rams have been hot and cold they still had a chance of making the postseason if they were to win this game but somebody's controller died on that last drive in the fourth quarter. San Francisco gets down the field, kicks a field goal as time expires. They went 34-31.
3: Yeah, this was a hell of a game. And uh, this is just the Rams team, for the most part, even though they come up short, that we've been waiting for all year. They showed signs of it week after week. are uh, not on consistent basis, though. Um, but really good game and a big-time play. Big throw here by Jimmy G at the end of the game. And uh, Robbie Gold seals it with the field goal and uh, 49ers back in the driver's seat in the top of the uh, NFC and we'll see if they can clinch that spot still not ultimately
0: decided just yet moving on to Denver taking on Detroit Broncos have found maybe their quarterback of the future they win again 27 to 17 closer game than many people expected perhaps Lions drop to 3 11 and 1 the hot seat might be heating up for uh, for the head coaching staff
1: it's funny what happens when you Get rid of Jim Caldwell, who had the team back to back nine and seven seasons and in the playoffs. Hmm. But <laughs> keep an eye on the Denver Broncos for 2020. I like them moving forward. I think they've got something cooking out there in Denver. I've said it all before. They've played well for Coach uh, Fangio. Drew Locke looks to be a, a solid quarterback that they drafted this year in the second round. Got a lot of talent on that offense. Defensively, they're going to get back healthy with Bradley Chubb. Broncos
0: could be a factor in 2020. Let's move on to the next one here. Oakland taking on the Chargers. Somehow, some way, the Ch—the Char- uh, Oakland Raiders still had a chance at the postseason, but they needed a lot of help. They got it, and they got their win over the Chargers 24-17, which means the 7-8 and 8 Oakland Raiders still have a chance going to the final week of the season of making the postseason.
2: Yeah, the Raiders still fighting hard. Without Josh Jacobs in this one, I would have thought that the the Chargers would have gave Oakland a run for their money, but Oakland was pretty much in control of this game. DeAndre Washington stepped in and filled in nicely for Jacobs, going for 85 yards on the
0: ground, and next week, will Oakland bring it again with still hopes for the postseason? Still hope in the black hole. We move on to the next game here, Jaguars taking on the Falcons. Atlanta continues their strong end of the season. They are playing for their coach, and they get a big win, 24-12. to 12. They double up the Jaguars. Julio Jones, the fewest games to 12,000 receiving yards in the history of the NFL. Just took him 125 games.
3: Yeah, uh, big shout-out to Julio Jones. I mean, this is a guy who's obviously next level in talent and in a lost season like this this is the type of you know type of situation where you see your star players maybe they would take a step back or they would ease off because they know they want to keep their body safe this dude is playing and probably playing for his coach going up 10 for 166 he's putting up the big numbers and pretty much been there all year And the Jaguars' defense, I mean, after the firing of Tom Coughlin, maybe there'd be a little bit of inspiration. They continue to struggle with the running game, 150 yards on the ground between two running backs, and then Devontae Freeman, 9 for 74 in the air. They just couldn't stop it. Baltimore
0: Ravens did something they have never done before. They've done a lot of things as a franchise. They've clinched the number one seed. They defeat Cleveland 31-15. Lots of fireworks in this one on the sidelines. Again, Odell Beckham getting into a shouting match with his head coach. Baker Mayfield not very good against for Cleveland. There could be a lot of problems in Cleveland in the offseason. Baltimore, they've got no problems at all. I don't think
1: Odell was arguing with uh, his coach. I just think they were having a discussion. I don't think that was directed at the coach. I think he was upset about something. And in true typical media fashion, they see that and say Odell's arguing with the coach. But how about we focus on Baker Mayfield and those interceptions that he throws Mm -hmm. and even the one that got gifted back to him because of a holding penalty uh, on uh, the other corner, uh, Peters. But Lamar Jackson, this offense, the fact they went down there in, what, a minute and 30 and scored two touchdowns. Yeah. uh, Just great offense. Uh, We may not even see Lamar Jackson and company next week. Uh, but this offense has done great things, and
0: shout out to the Ravens for ten or oh, eleven straight wins, or twelve straight wins, win, eleven straight wins. <sighs> yeah, That's something impressive, r- something ridiculous for Baltimore. Next up, the Colts taking on the Panthers. Not much, many glimmers of hope for the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey did set the record for most running back receptions in a season in NFL history, but my goodness, Jacoby Brissett came back a little bit. Colts win thirty-eight to six.
2: Yeah, he did. And big ups to Naeem Hines having two punt returns to the house in this oh. one. But for the Panthers, a lot of storylines here. Seven straight losses for the Panthers. Six straight games allowing over 29 points. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of talk in the beginning of the season, oh, maybe they're going to move on from Can. Kyle Kyle Allen just isn't getting it done. But on another note, Christian McCaffrey, this guy is just balled out all season long. 12 games with over 130 yards per scrimmage. First running back in history with over 100 catches. First two of his three uh, seasons in the league. And now he has 109 catches, the most catches from a running back in NFL history with one game to go.
0: in in absolutely incredible style the next game here who would have thought a game with a total combined four wins coming in would be entertaining but it was Dolphins and Bengals went back and forth the Dolphins get the win 38 35 and with that Cincinnati will get the number one pick in the 2020 draft.
3: Yeah, the Dolphins uh, they they were blowing out Cincy too, in this game. It was 31 to 14. I remember, 31 to 13 at some point in this game, and then uh, Cincy comes roaring back, and uh, it was just a great finish in the end. Both quarterbacks balled out, looking like they're playing for jobs next year, as they should be. And um, and it, yeah, it's just a, a very surprisingly um, entertaining game here.
0: Moving on to the next ne- this next one, a defensive struggle was expected, and we got it. Jets taking on the Steelers. Steelers quarterback issues continue, though. Hodges pulled for Mason Rudolph. Rudolph, that gets hurt. Then they had to go back to Devlin Hodges. Neither of them were very effective. The Jets do just enough. They win 16-10. to 10.
1: And Rudolph played well when he got in there. We yes. got breaking news from Adam Schefter. Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph is expected to miss Sunday's game against Baltimore with a left shoulder injury per league sources. So it's Devlin Hodges as a starter with Paxton Lynch as the backup. But I was at this game yesterday and just was impressed with the way the Jets galvanized around each other. Defensively, the two safeties played well. Jamal Adams, Marcus May, I thought they were the players of of the game. Defensively, Terrell Basham caught an interception, um, dropping back in in zone coverage and did a good job there. Offensively, I thought they ran the football well. So this was a complete team game, I thought, from the Jets. They out-Steelers, the Steelers
0: in that one. And Pittsburgh, though, still very much alive for a playoff spot. We'll talk about that later on. Saints taking on the Titans. Titans Holding onto that last playoff spot by their fingernails. New Orleans, though, made them hurt a little bit. 38 28. What can we say, though, about number 13 for the black and gold yeah the titans jumped out early 14
2: nothing and after that the saints just kind of took over control of the game and dominated but like you said number 13 michael thomas surpasses marvin harrison for the most catches oh. in single season nfl history uh marvin harrison's record was 143 thomas passed him with still one game to go he also <laughs> passed randy Ma- randy moss for the most reception yard yards through the first four seasons of any wide receiver in their
0: career Moving on to the Giants against the Redskins. Again, another one where there's not many wins to talk about between these two teams, but a very entertaining ball game. This one went to overtime. Giants win 41-35. Adrian Peterson climbs to number 4 on the rushing touchdown list,
3: but Daniel Jones came out to play and put up some nice throws. Yeah, Daniel Jones definitely a career day here. Uh both quarterbacks, him and and Haskins were both going shot for shot, and it's a shame that Haskins ended up getting carted off because it looked like the game still would have finished the way it did in a shootout fashion Mm. with both quarterbacks just exploding onto the scene. Um, Good to see a healthy Saquon Barkley in back-to-back weeks. I mean, if anyone had any questions, if this guy was just unhealthy or whatever it was, he clearly wasn't healthy uh, majority of this season because seeing healthy Barkley now is just a game-changer.
0: Allow me to put on my uh, Stephen A. Smith hat. How about them Cowboys, Eagles, Eagles? get the win in what was a defensive struggle. Cowboys could do absolutely nothing. Even though they came off a big win last week, Eagles win 17-9. to They are now in control of their own destiny to take the last playoff spot from the NFC.
1: Yeah, that was a great job by Philadelphia, both offensively and defensively. Uh, even though they were having some issues in the secondary, those guys competed well. I thought Carson Wentz and Miles Sanders really stepped up to the plate and took care of the Cowboys, got first downs when they needed, got points when they needed, uh, protect the football, all of that was huge. I thought the biggest play of that game was when um, the rookie from Memphis fumbled that football in that third and one. That was a turning point. He doesn't fumble that football. It's probably 9 to 10 at that time they kick a field goal or so and maybe they have a different it's a different outcome i believe mm-hmm. um to where this touchdown this this you know this last touchdown by philly that probably doesn't happen or dallas goes down and scores a game winning field goal as opposed to trying to get a touchdown to win so that was a huge fumble about by, by pollard the rookie uh but the eagles defense carson wins and miles sanders played great
0: let's move on to this next one we've talked about seattle all the second half of the season they're just not consistent enough they had the division in their hands and then they do this they lose to arizona 27 13 and they didn't just lose to Kyler murray they lost to Kyler murray's backup so what do we have to say now about the seahawks they have now put this division right back into play yeah i mean
2: the cardinals have won four of the last five road games in seattle so they kind of have their number up there in the 12th man stadium but i mean this was really a game of injuries like you said um Kyler Murray goes down with a hammy. Brent Hundley comes in and continues to get the job done for the Cardinals, and they pull it out. But the real story here is Seattle and their running back situation. Uh, CJ Proceis, uh broke his arm. Chris Carson injured his hip. Carroll came out after the game and said both of those guys are likely to be out for this season. We're getting stories now that Marshawn Lynch is in the facility. <laughs> beast they're, mode. they're working him out. Maybe they get beast mode back for the playoffs. But that's the real storyline here is going forward. Seattle's going to be a playoff team, but what are they going to have in the backfield?
0: That'll be something to watch. And let's move on to Sunday night here. The Chiefs taking on the Bears. For for Bears fans, this was like living in a Christmas, Carol. This was the ghost of Christmas past. Patrick Mahomes comes to Soldier Field, and he's counting up on his fingers. Oh, yeah. The number of players that were picked ahead of him and they shut up chicago except for the boo birds 26 to 3 trubisky and the bears just absolutely flump fumbled this whole season away and the chiefs are very much back into the playoff form
3: it yeah, definitely my favorite part of the game is Mahomes counting up the draft picks in front of him, and uh, as he's running back to the to the bench but yeah the chiefs just dominated this game uh didn't have like the big 40 point outburst But we haven't seen that that much from them this year, but just did enough to win this game, plus some. Um, And this team is definitely a more effective team with Damian Williams at running back. Uh, Now that he's healthy and he's back there, this team looks like a more complete, at least the offense looks more complete. And shout out to the defense. A few weeks now, uh, they've been putting up some stout performances and holding, I know Chicago is not a world beater on the offensive side of the ball, but holding the three in their own building is a big deal.
0: It's absolutely a big deal. And We'll absolutely talk about the Week 17 action. Obviously, San Francisco and Seattle has now been flexed to Sunday night. There is no Monday night football this week. Everybody's playing on Sunday. There's still two playoff spots up for grabs. Anybody have anything else you saw in Week 16 you want to comment on real quick? Daniel Jones balling out, baby.
2: (laughs) Coming off injury, coming right into this game. Emery was hyping it up all week. Just wait, just wait. Haskins versus Jones. Haskins versus Jones. What happened?
0: Haskins still played well. He did. He did. He still played well. You can't take it, that it, away it, from it, him. It
2: sucked to see him get hurt. Um, you never want to see anybody get hurt. It would have been cool to see how that game would have ended up if he would have made that comeback that Keenan right. ended up making. But hopefully he, he heals up quickly and can get as much preparation as he can going into next season. It
1: shows you when you watch a game like that how clearly uh, deficient certain teams are at certain positions. Um, that game was one. You talk about the difference Saquon Barkley, you look at a game uh, that I was at last week, I want to say uh, the Dolphins game, Dolphins-Giants, and he was like, you know, man, the Dolphins need a running back. You look at another game, um, the Bucks game, Bucks need a running back. You know, if they had a game breaker and other people say, well, Ramon Jones had a good run. Like, yeah, that's not the point. You know, you need <laughs> someone that's a, you know, he's a good player, but you need someone. The threat that pre- uh, exists when you have someone like that in the backfield is huge. And so – I hope people stop with that dumb, that dumbass narrative of running backs don't matter. Game breaking running backs definitely matter. And if you have one, you, it, it shows on the football field
2: two, two things here number one david johnson i don't know if he's going to be back in arizona so it would be interesting interesting to see if he's going to land with one of those teams i had uh i was talking to somebody yesterday mentioning the tampa bay bucks if he ends up with tampa bay bucks uh with arians back over there where who he who drafted him that would be interesting
1: but as well as this, i don't think david johnson's that good but go ahead <laughs> Ooh, <there laughs> debatable,
2: we debatable. We're not even gonna start go. that.
1: But um this running that back good from a running back. I don't think he's a good pure running back. I think he's a good athlete playing running back, but not a running back. So that I wanna clarify.
2: Um and secondly, this running back draft class is pretty deep. Exactly. Pretty deep all the way around between ATN, Swift, Taylor,
0: I could go on and on. This running back draft class is gonna be very deep for a lot of teams. Of course, guys, one of the big storylines that we saw from week sixteen was the Philadelphia game, and this was a massive contest. We knew what was up for grabs here, and was you know Carson Wentz and the Eagles against uh, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, and Carson Wentz came up big again, but it's led to a lot of discussion because p- really Wentz has been given the credit that he was that he was given in 2017, which I find interesting because I feel like he's kind of been playing a little bit better. So the question really is, who, if you were doing a buy or sell segment on Carson Wentz, are you buying the 1.0 MVP edition 2017, or are you going with the hard nose better effort with less around him 2019 version. You know, it's interesting this question
1: is is being presented because it's fascinating to see the two different players. I'm actually more impressed with this Carson Wentz than the "quote unquote MVP year Carson Wentz" cuz I feel like that year was a lot of empty calories as far as like numbers are concerned. he got a lot of help in 2017 for sure. Yeah, and, and and again he threw for thirty three touchdowns, I believe it was. And I you know, I, I wanna say eight of those were from the three yard line going in. Now, granted, touchdowns are touchdowns, we see Lamar Jackson having a bunch of three yard touchdown passes as well, and Josh Allen as well. And so it touchdowns are touchdowns no matter what. Right. You know, they count. Um but I thought this year, the back half of the season when they are in win or go home type situations. Yeah. <clears throat> He has stepped up. He's been the reason why they won the Giants game, the Redskins game, and he's played a good he played a good game uh the other day against the Cowboys. So to me, you know the um the uh <laughs> uh I forgot who what coach it was or what player we became a team today, uh that clip. Uh yeah. um, I think Wentz became the Eagles franchise quarterback this year. Mm. So I think he can put they can put to bed that whole Nick Foles thing. Um, it's hard to put it away because there's a statue outside the stadium. There's memorabilia in the facility. <laughs> yeah. There's actually a Tiffany trophy sitting in the trophy case right. that Nick Foles won. I get all that, but I think Wentz kind of took the like took that away from his his. Uh, he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Almost kind of like how Steve Young got the monkey off his back. Now it it won't be the same until Wentz actually goes through the playoffs right. and win the Super Bowl. They still have to get in the playoffs, so he has to show that he can close out a season right. in a game that they technically, quote-unquote, should win. But I, I truly think this is the best year for Wentz, more so than 2017.
0: I mean, he's doing it with less weapons. I mean, he's got, what, four or five wide receivers on the IR right now? Eagles
1: Twitter will let you yeah. know that he has nobody. It's just <laughs> him <he> has- <laughs> out there by himself. With Aguilar who's dropping it. Exactly. And, and, you know, he's doing a whole Will Smith. He's throwing the ball up to himself. It's just Carson Wentz. Now when they lose or when they win, it's just Carson Wentz. When they lose, Eagles have nothing. They are in the big East when it when it comes to when they lose the game. But to be honest, this is Wentz's best season yet.
3: Yeah, and I think he eased a lot of tension for Eagles fans too, uh, winning this game yesterday, a big this first playoff like game. Um by winning that game now it's you know, everyone now Eagles fans could say all right, if we lose in the playoffs, though, it's because we didn't have everybody. It's not right. because our quarterback. Now it's like, okay, at least our quarterback can win the big game when he needs to, especially in the division. And when you when you win your division, it's, you know, the NFC East might hate each other more than any other division. So <laughs> yeah. when you can knock out the Cowboys and you're – I mean, not officially yet, but you yeah. know, it, it, being in the driver's seat at this point, it's a big deal for the Eagles fans. And I, I agree. I think this year has been more impressive. I think uh, – not that it was blown up, but I think because he was 11-2 and – Um, In 2017 and he really bursted onto the scene with the numbers and everything He was the guy running the show when he went 11 and 2 as a starter I think he got blown up a little bit on how good was he but when you look at the numbers They're pretty similar and just what he's been able to work with this year It's and the adversity he's been able to overcome. I think this year has been his most impressive year so far
2: No, I agree with that as well. It's about progression and you see progression in him in that uh, 2017 uh, Eagles team uh, was more complete than this team. Defense, offensively, they had more weapons. And this season, he's he's just getting it done with whatever he has. The record may not be as impressive, but neither is the team. It's about doing all you can with what you have. And he's, he's doing that this season. Now, whether it's 33 touchdowns that year, or right now, he's at 26 touchdowns, I believe touchdowns are touchdowns you still have to get down to the goal line right and the fact that he doesn't have 30 yet isn't big in my mind it's what he's doing for the team
1: getting them wins instead of being the reason why they're losing where he has been consistent to give him full credit the lack of interceptions and i know people want to dive into the the nuance of dropped interceptions, or but you could also say dropped touchdowns, drop touchdowns, right? Nelson Aguilar, he can go three or up ahead, right? So, <laughs> you talk about a guy that has consistently the last three seasons seven interceptions. Now, his yards per attempt is low this year, he, he's hitting a lot of check downs, throwing a lot of stop routes to the tight ends, but he's been probably one of the more consistent players on their football team. Um, and now he's not playing hurt, you know, so he's healthy. You got to give the dude his credit, man. This is, I think, for real. I know the yards per attempt is the lowest in his career since his rookie season, but he's playing a better game, I think, now than he has been. You don't see the fumbles. You see the fourth quarter comebacks. Yeah. You see that. Um, I, I mean, granted, he has uh, lost eight fumbles, I believe, or you know, recovered fumb- He fumbled fifteen times, a year, so that's the most since his rookie season. I get that.
0: However, I think he's still playing better. I think what's interesting, too, is that, again, he's doing this with me. There was a couple of weeks ago, he was, had one wide receiver left. He had Dallas yeah. Goddard as a wide receiver. And by the way, Which also, is a good receiver, by the way. Very good receiver. He, <laughs> if only, If only someone saw that at South Dakota State. Let's, oh, wait. I think we, I think we did that. Add some, let's
1: add some—let's add some— <laughs> uh, Here's the thing about football fans and the problems that we see with football fans that are now in the media covering their favorite teams— Right. They tend to make an excuse for everything, and everybody is trash. You know, the Eagles have great talent at tight end. Mm-hmm. Zach
0: Ertz, Dallas Goddard. Well, that's the biggest thing because Zach Ertz apparently, according to NFL.com, suffered a fractured rib against the Cowboys this past weekend, so the question now is there's still a value waiting him whether or not he even plays this Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: talking about over the season.
0: Oh, yeah, over when the they, season when the, for this sure. Whole,
1: this whole wins doesn't have weapons narrative. But he still has one more big game to win. Well, during the draft process. All we talked about is our Ortega Whiteside, right? Yeah, how good he was at Stanford, at, huh? and he drops a pass, which receivers tend to do. He's trash. <laughs> they got somebody named <laughs> Ar- Ortega Whiteside out there, like, like he was great up until he dropped the pass, and now he's trash.
2: <laughs> he's a rookie.
1: Come yeah, on. come on. And, and and Greg Ward, I'm glad he finally got an opportunity to play. You know, because he was buried on that Eagles depth chart. Why? because they were talented at receiver with... Mm -hmm.
0: Interesting.
1: You know, so (laughs) that's why he was buried. Him and... Mm. I I still wish they have one of my favorite players uh, who who is not on the team, but I thought he was a really good player in Shelton Gibson. They're getting from Greg Ward what they thought they were going to get from Shelton Gibson um, out of uh, West Virginia. So they have talent. Now, they've been depleted with injury, which brings to inconsistency, which is why you see the, the level of uh, inconsistent play from their offense, but they finally realized that Miles Sanders was the best back of the group, mm-hmm. albeit it took an injury to Jordan Howard for them to realize that. They're on this roster. They're finally starting to realize it. Wentz has great talent at tight end, got a very good dynamic now-era type running back that you have to be a good receiver. Um, that pros, poses a threat in the backfield because now defenses can't just sell out versus the run. Because he's a guy that can make you miss, and he also is a guy that, that could do damage down the field as a receiver. We saw that on display against the Cowboys. So there's some talent here. I'm glad it's starting to, to turn the corner for everybody
0: out there. Oh well, let, let, let's speak of talent. Let's let's get into some all-time talent here. And we we talked a lot about when the running backs. That was the first position that came out in the NFL All 100, the 100 best players for the first 100 years. We talked a lot about the running backs. We've kind of neglected the rest of the team, which is pretty much all the way out, except for the quarterback position, not out yet. So what we thought we would do, let's take a you know take a look back and see where we've come from so far. So th- this week we're going to talk about the entire offense, except for the quarterback position, we're going to talk about the head coaches as well. So let's start there, and let's start with the 10 coaches that are listed on NFL.com. And this is, I mean, talk about a heck of a list. Bill Belichick, Paul Brown, Joe Gibbs, George Hallis. Curly Lambeau, Tom Landry, Vince Lombardi, Chuck Knoll, Don Shula, and Bill Walsh make the list. It's hard to argue with any of those. But what I do love to see here is the progression, or some would say regression, of the uh, the coaching style icon. I mean, you Emery, know, you you are a man of many suits and many outstanding colors. To see the the outfits of say a uh, of Tom Landry with the the hat and the full suit, and then you get to Chuck Knoll, and it's It's down to a polo and maybe a sweater, and then there's Bill Belichick at the end, (laughs) wearing a full, wearing the full sweatsuit. I mean, uh, but you can't argue in terms of talent about with anybody really on this list.
1: It's funny because I remember uh, a few years ago when um, a few coaches tried to bring it back. What was the coach out there in uh, Mike Nolan in San Francisco and also Del Rio? (laughs) It's like, bro. Yeah. This shit trash. Like, this, I'm not comfortable, man. <laughs> Let me put this, these sweats back on, man. So I'm kind of glad it has gone away from that because you you got to be active out there on game day as a coach. And you can't be active in a, a full-fledged three-piece suit in a, in a derby. You I'm know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Imagine trying to sprint from the 50 down to the 15 and get a timeout. <laughs> time <laughs> actually
0: <laughs> The seams are going on the pants. It's gone. The shoulders start falling off. So who made the list again? I'm sorry. So yeah, Belichick, Brown, Gibbs. Hollis, Lambeau, Landry, Lombardi, Noel, Shula, and Walsh. So all of those guys made the list. That is listed on NFL.com with the All-100 team. Is so,
2: there a number that they have to hit and can't go over?
0: There's 10.
1: 10. That's, yeah. That's number. That that's a, that's a number. number of coaches, yeah. Because I, I was going to say, when you talk about how good Andy Reid has been or uh, Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah. But the reason why Joe Gibbs leapfrogs frog, leap those two guys because the super bowl wins you know and did it it with two different teams in two different you know he did it in the 80s and then doubled back in the 90s and did it you know and he did it earlier in the in his career as well so you know i get why joe gibbs made that list but i I can understand why some people would point to marty schottenheimer and Reed because of wins and say how could those guys not be in
2: well how do you how do you go to Schottenheimer and Reed, and the, f- the first name that pops into my head is mm-hmm. Parcells. Mm-hmm. How is Parcells not on this list with all that he's done for the game?
0: Right, with with uh, <laughs> Jerry Jones made t- well, took
1: care of the list. That's two, why. <laughs> two different, two different <laughs> teams. You talk about those Giants teams in 86 and 90, then getting what pre-these bandwagon Patriot fans yeah. knew about. The Patriots used to be terrible for a stretch. That uh, never happened. In my childhood, it, never it happened. terrible. No, never happened. Parcells <laughs> gets there, and next thing you know, they draft Bledsoe, and then they go to the Super Bowl. You being in smart over there? You being but smart? And so, you look at what he has done in turning teams around. Got the Jets. They were and, a one-win team when he took over. And got them. <laughs> Vinny Tessaverde doesn't get hurt. They probably go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And the Cowboys, it didn't work out for him uh, in Dallas, but... We got to see Tony Romo. I mean, it may not—they may not have progressed into the playoffs,
2: but when he took over Dallas, they—they they were in the the cans. Right. And then he he got them to a decent win season with who was their quarterback?
3: With the uh, with Quincy, Quincy
2: Carter. Carter. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Quincy Carter.
1: Shout out to Quincy Carter, uh, <laughs> now, baseball player, Georgia, and all that stuff like that.
0: Now here's—I'll give you this to you, Emery, because you're the historian here. If you're going to take three coaches out of these ten head coach. Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Who's your staff?
2: Do you know who the defensive coordinator is?
0: Well, you know who the
1: offensive coordinator is. You look at um, Walsh. Bill Walsh. Yep. You know, and then the head coach, I'm probably going to go um, with uh, Paul Brown. And defense, i probably go with Belichick. Belichick, yeah. Okay. Well, right, you we... thought I, well, you thought I was going No, with?
0: no, no. I, I just wanted to get your opinion because obviously they're all in there as their head coaching ability. But if you had to break it down. If
1: I was playing in this offense – like modern day, you mean? No, if if me. And I need who who would I prefer to be my Is this I'll, coming
2: from a running back perspective? From a running back perspective,
1: perspective okay. who I want to be my coach?
2: Joe
1: Gibbs. No, no. Well, yeah, Joe Gibbs would be the head coach. Offensive coordinator would be Chuck Knox. And co offensive coordinator would be
0: Dan Reeves. All love running the football. Okay. I'm all in on ground Chuck. See, I, I just keep Lombardi on, um, on the sideline just as the inspirational speech guy. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be the sound by coach. Let's get into the offensive linemen next. Obviously, the forgotten members as, of the football team, and you obviously as a running back, Emery, you know how important the linemen are. So let's get into it. The centers here, four centers made the team. Mel Hine, Jim Otto, Dwight Stevenson, and Mike Webster. The guards, Larry Allen, Dan Fortman, John Hanna, Bruce Matthews, Randall McDaniel, greatest name, one of the greatest names ever, Jim Parker and Gene Upshaw. Any uh any gripes so far or are we good on that point?
1: You it's hard to have gripes. Uh I think people look at Mel Hine the center and saying, How could you have him in this list? But when you think about how dominant he was in his time, yeah. With this one hundred list, people nowadays They're
0: trying to compare eras.
1: Yeah, and, and which is so dumb because I think where we have gotten dumber in society <laughs> is due to the fact that we have so much technology and that has made people lazier and dumber and while we have gotten smarter in that regard it has as a result made us dumber so people are having dumb conversations and dumb debates on Twitter well we know Dominican 2 would have blown past Mel Hine who was 6'1 180 pounds as a center yeah we do know that cool right but at (laughs) the time he played in 1931 through 45 he was a dominant force how you dominate your error is what we're talking about here right not comparing errors of course people nowadays you know would be dominant in in the
0: 20s yeah you know it, yeah it's like the, it's like the Jordan LeBron debate how can you compare Whoa, Two that's, different. let's not even not <laughs>
1: that, that we can literally go on for hours about the yeah because and, and you and the thing is like when you look at let's say someone that made the list who, who's well deserving of the list, the White Stevenson. He was even undersized in his era at the position and dominated. So Size is not a skill. Bingo. And so you look at how good he was as a player, yep. considering he was the first black center, which is another discussion about this list too. When you think about some of those guys like Mel Hine dominated in an era there was no black players. So how do we know if he's the best center of that time? That's a discussion, but To say, like, how could you not have Rodney Hudson on this list? He clearly is better than Mel Hine. That's a dumb discussion that a lot of the youth of today on social media is partaking in uh, currently. So I don't know. I I don't have an objection with the centers or guards or or tackles on this list because I think they did a great job. I think the debate for everybody because they can't compare numbers to linemen. Everyone looks at the skill positions, and that's where people are are so – uh, visceral right now on on online well that,
0: yeah
2: well, well go ahead go ahead i think that lineman is probably the hardest position to choose on this list yeah. because if you look at like you said if you look at the skills position you have numbers you have tape for almost everybody you have what they did you know what i mean right. but lyman on the other hand lyman is the hardest one of the hardest positions to scout because not only are they in the pack uh more than t- half the half the time you can't really see what's going on unless like you're fo- truly focused in. But numbers don't always equate for Lyman. Right. If li- if a, if you don't hear a Lyman's name, odds are they had a good game. Right.
1: Yeah. And and, and and quietly you look at this this Lyman list, they've they tended to go more toward modern than guys from a
3: super earlier era names right. that today's people would actually have, have well, heard well you of hope because right.
0: a lot of people today think football was invented in 2003 <laughs> yeah so the, so everybody knows who Jonathan Ogden is right, right. but yeah. I mean I go through the tackles real quick Roosevelt Brown Forrest Gregg Cal Hubbard uh, Walter Jones Anthony Munoz and Art Shell, as well as Jonathan Ogden in that list so it, it, it is difficult because they're obviously the only stat you really have for linemen is sacks allowed Pancakes. which may or may not be their fault and pancake right. blocks Right. This is basically all you have. Even Madden, that's all you Which have.
1: Which is interesting because <laughs> when you talk about pancake blocks, the guy who coined that phrase, who the phrase was coined for, is nowhere to be found on this list. <laughs> Orlando Pace. So if anyone should be on this list, it's probably Pace for yeah. coining the, yeah, the pancake I mean, block. I
2: don't, I, I'm I not going to sit here and claim to know all there is to know about um, the line and the greats on the line um, because I don't know all there is to know. Right. But two names that I was surprised that didn't touch this list just from my generation, knowing of their greatness, is Orlando Pace and Hutchinson.
0: That's an interesting question there.
3: The one thing I think about when it comes to linemen, since there are no stats like we all mentioned, is... What do their peers say about them? And one thing, like, and you were just talking right now, we talked about the tackles, you said Anthony Munoz. When, if you listen to Boomer Sias and talk at any point during his shows, you, he always brings up at some point, if he talks about his old Bengals team, he's talks about Anthony Munoz and how he dominated and how he made life easy for him. And then you talk about Chris Collinsworth, he talks on Monday night or whatever night football he's on, and he's he randomly – whatever whatever night football. Whatever, whatever it is. Whatever, whenever the attack was doing a great job, he'll always – Reference Well, when Anthony Munoz was playing, he's very Anthony Munoz-like here. But when you have your peers to say that, I think that's yeah. how line get in, uh, getting recognized most because it's the guys that had to go up against them or played with them, and they're like, these guys were difference makers. Whether you knew it or not, whether you could see that or not, just knowing like my blind side was protected or just knowing the calls in the, at center were, were going to be taken care of and whatever detail, Reggie White, whoever's going up against these um, interior guys, were going to be slowed down or taken care of. Those are the guy. That's how I feel like it could be better weighed out rather than just going like, yeah. I'm a fan of this guy. He was great all year. He was a 10-year guy for our team. He's got to be. You know, that's a yeah, much well, better feel.
0: Yeah, the line is one, is the one position on this where I think you have to rely on the coaches to talk about, all right, this is a guy. Like, with, with the stats, guys, with your wide receivers and tight ends and defensive backs, if you can be a media member and be like, okay, this was the best guy I ever saw in this position. It's very, very hard to have that trained eye with the line. So... In the spirit of let's get into an argument, let's go to the skill positions, and we'll start with the tight ends that the five that made it here, I mean, this is a heck of a list. Mike Ditka, Tony Gonzalez, Rob Gronkowski, John Mackey, and Kellen Winslow Sr. are the five tight ends on this list. Good Lord, this is incredible, but where's Gates? Yeah, that's a shame.
2: It's a shame (laughs) that he was left off of this list. It really is, because uh, Gates is... I don't want to say he was that tight end that kind of changed the game, but... He really did open up the door for some of these more athletic tight ends um, of of the game now, because yeah. I mean, you would previous to him you would have big body tight ends who would be more of possession catches, no no really speed, um, decent speed, but nobody who really opened it up. Right. Now when Gates came in the league, he was taking like forty uh, a screen forty yards to the house.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. He he was a difference maker, and you could talk of that about Ditka as well. He would kind of change that position at tight end, but. I mean, between Gonzalez and Gronkowski, give me either one of those guys on the side of the line, and I'm winning a football game. Um,
1: you talk about Shannon Sharp. Oh, Shannon the, Sharp? I was just about to say yeah. Shannon Sharp. Yeah. You yeah. talk about Izzy Newsom. Yeah. You talk wrong. about uh, Charlie <laughs> Sanders. You, those are. <laughs> there were some good names that there did There's some not dudes make this on list. this. You know, you talk about those guys. I'm more interested in why they chose five tight ends. Yeah, I was thinking and not that, six. You know, no, not ten. Why do and, we have 10 head coaches?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: fair. You know? Fair. Um, but I, I just look at some of those guys on this list, um, and, and that's the concern for me. I love the fact that Dick made it because he was that first true star at the position. Right. Him alongside uh, Mackey were the two stars. You have the Mackey Award. Um, Winslow kind of revolutionized the position, made it more of a receiving position, and Gonzalez took it to a whole new level uh, with his basketball background and grunk was a combination of both Winslow and Gonzalez yeah. and a throwback to Ditka and, and Mackey. So I understand all of those guys. But the fact that you have Shannon Sharp and Isaac Newsome there, Shannon Sharp at, was a receiver yeah. in the NFL, then transitioned to tight end and became one of the greatest tight ends ever.
0: Yeah. Well, I can see the argument. Somebody I've seen a lot of people say online that, yeah, keep the NFL All-100 team, but then have the modern era. All NFL team. I'm so sick of these young people. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I knew you was gonna get. A, keep, I knew you were gonna get that. The
1: NFL 100 can have their list, but keep the since I started watching football list as well. You know, which is 2006.
0: <laughs> you know, you can be in I the swear. next 100. Uh, well, here's the thing: the next 100. Live to 100 feel- and, and, and see the list change.
1: I guarantee, a hundred years from now, uh, the people that we that will be over football game playing um, will be arguing <laughs> about. Well, why isn't? Why would you have some? guy like tony gonzalez on this list when you know john white who now plays for the you know duluth spartans is the best <laughs> tight end
2: we've ever seen you know so that's NFL, it, that's there's, Duluth. there's 20 games in the regular season <laughs> and quarterbacks are throwing for seven thousand exactly <laughs> right. we're playing
0: games on the moon in <laughs> right. zero graffiti domes this is why this is a thing let's get into wide receiver because this is probably the, the most controversial one of any position and again the quarterbacks have not been released yet, so I'm sure there will be a debate there as well. But the wide receiver list is interesting. Jerry Rice, no surprise. Ray Barry, Don Hudson, Paul Warfield, Lance Allworth, Randy Moss, Larry Fitzgerald, Steve Largent, Marvin Harrison, and Elroy Hirsch are the ten Crazy on lakes. the list.
2: Disrespect.
0: Oh, here we go. <laughs> this disrespect. Is Two. They keep disrespecting
2: this guy, and he is an all-time great Terrell Owens, I don't (laughs) get it. Like, yes, his antics on the field and off the field were ridiculous. But his
0: play on the field is almost unmatched. In terms of in terms of hijinks, he's right there with Randy Moss. Let's be honest. His Andy, numbers, Randy Moss was crazy during his time.
2: He's he's top three in almost everything with Moss, him, and Jerry Rice. Like, to be mentioned in that and not be on this list, is the disrespect is ridiculous. Like, they already played him out when it came to the Hall of Fame. Everybody knows that. <laughs> and you telling me that he's not on this list? It's ridiculous.
0: All right. Let, let's... You, so you would take him over Fitzgerald then?
2: No, uh, over Fitzgerald. I mean, I I'm think Fitzgerald. Who would you take off? Who this would you list? take off the That's list? A problem. Yeah. Let me run through this list. Which, one
0: more which time. old guy are you taking off the list to make sure another modern guy gets in? Okay, Raymond Berry. Because <laughs> uh, um, I could. Let I'm me really hold really. on before. Why while you? While you research? <laughs> let
1: me. Let me. I'm looking, exp- I'm
2: looking at the list right now.
1: All right, let me explain. Uh, th- make a case for these older guys. Let me right? hear it, old guy. Oh, here we Don go. Don Hudson
3: was the receiver. And
1: Don of, Hudson, yes, yes, uh, you got to give him
3: his yes. props for being. He has being, like
2: eight years of leading
3: the league. He I, I, I I was him right. that. He was like one of two guys here that were unanimous. I think it was him and Rice. Right. And yeah. So you
1: Hudson is is yeah. the quintessential mm-hmm. stand. He made the receiver position a weapon. Uh, Crazy Lake Hirsch is what we would consider someone like a a slot receiver that was just like a true game breaker. Right. Um. So he was in. Ex- he was he was in during an explosive era. That point-a-minute offense that they call out there in Los Angeles with him, Tom Fears, and those guys, they were like the greatest show on turf of the 40s. Uh, so Hirsch is a trailblazer in that regard. Berry was averaging ridiculous amounts of catches and yards in 12 games when throwing the football was racist. So they had like, <laughs> he had like ridiculous numbers, right? And he was one of those, those true, like, he was, I think, more along the lines of the Larry Fitzgerald of his era because he wasn't the fastest, he ran good routes, he caught everything with his hands.
2: I'm looking at Warfield.
1: Paul Warfield was dominant on a run-heavy team in Cleveland with Jim Brown and things like that. He was your deep threat. He was, like, an explosive player. Then he goes to Miami, another run-heavy team with Zonka, and still had, he could have had two Hall of Fame careers with two separate teams and in the middle of his career he took uh, 2 years off to go play in the World Football League that lasted 2 years 74 75 so Warfield was like Warfield was he, stylistically he was like Marvin Harrison
2: okay so you're telling me that uh, if so any of those guys So that's just a backdrop
1: guys, of of who you know who we we're who we're dealing with here on this list if
2: any one of those guys were off the
1: list for TO are wait are you saying that TO shouldn't be on this list i'm saying it's hard to it the person I probably would take off this list would probably be Harrison. Ooh. Harrison. Yeah. Ooh. Replace Here we him go. with T.O. Replace him with T.O. Um, stack a Because, right. Well, not, not truly that. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I think because it's hard for me to take off Lance Allward, Bambi, you know, because of what he did in the AFL. He was another one of these deep threat guys back when I'm surprised Bob Hayes wasn't on this list. Bob Hayes was averaging 20 yards of reception. He actually changed the game from when teams were just playing man-to-man. You couldn't play man against him because he was the fastest dude in the world, was Olympian, and also he now plays receiver, and he's running past man coverage, so they had to create what we now know as zone defense. So I'm surprised Bob Hayes isn't on this list. But if I – and it's all, you know, with no disrespect to Marvin Harrison, this is strictly off the numbers. And Teal's numbers, I think, usurps uh, Harrison numbers. So if I had to take a guy off, I would probably replace Harrison with Owens because um, I couldn't take Fitzgerald off because he's higher than T.O. Numbers-wise. And Fitzgerald, to me, is like this era's version of Raymond Berry. Uh, so I would probably take you know, uh, Harrison off in favor of T.O. if we're going to put T.O. on the list. I wouldn't have a problem with that
2: because I know a lot of people, as Alex over here just hinted at, claim that marvin harrison is a stack compiler. i would love to see what he was without peyton still uh, i respect his career what he did but the fact that TL did it with multiple teams and nobody can ever shut him down this is a guy that freaking broke his ankle came back to play in the super bowl and still had I, I think it was like 180 yards i think
3: it was the 200s it was in the <laughs> was, 200s crazy, yeah. in,
2: in the super bowl i just respect his game so much and he just gets respected
1: and it, it definitely frustrates me well, yeah, and I think, I'm sorry, you had something Alex?
3: No, no, go on, because mine's not Owen so.
1: Oh. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Well, well grab hold grab hold hold, 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 hold,
3: Yeah, that's why I started. Wait for Well, let me. For <laughs> baby. Let me, let, me take one, let me take one more
1: stab <laughs> at the youth, because they also will sit there and argue with you online that Jared Rice wasn't that good.
3: So that's well, that's, I'm, I'm yeah, feeling that's, I'm
0: feeling attacked right now as a as a youth person, <laughs> so I, I need a safe space. <laughs> I, I'm being attacked.
3: Yeah, I can't I can't like I can't like you're saying I can't tell these old like the older guys that they can't be on the list because I haven't seen them play and know the dominance they had during that era. But I'm a big, big Larry Fitzgerald fan, and I will put that out there right now. But I mean, if you're talking about top receivers in this league all time and guys that dominated an era, there's no way in that from when I started watching football, that dominated an era like Calvin Johnson during his time, and to not have Calvin Johnson because he played the shorter amount of years, and I'm sure that it all gets factored in. Like Larry Fitzgerald, the consistency—he's pretty much out there for 16 games for however many years he's been doing it. I get it, but and he was a, and he's a great receiver. But when I look at a guy like Calvin Johnson and what he's been, what he was doing to team to doing to other, uh, and what he has done for Matt Stafford's career in general, <laughs> yeah. I mean. If they knew what they were doing as an organization over there, this dude would be hosting up Lombardi trophies because, because of him pretty much if they just put some sort of talent around him consistently. But this guy was so, so good and just dominated week in and week out. And I just, I think, to me, from the eye test, he would have taken it over a couple of these modern guys, definitely Marvin Harrison and, and even Larry Fitz. And I love Fitz, but just from a domination standpoint.
0: Well, it's certainly going to be one of those discussions that will rage long into the Twitter sphere and onto Facebook, maybe even MySpace. will kick back on. To I'm surprised y'all didn't
1: say. Uh, I'm I'm glad that you guys didn't bring up uh, Lance Allward. You know, Lance Allward was legit dope. Yeah. Um, and you know, he he was a guy that that played running back at Arkansas before going to the league and and playing receiver. So you talk about someone that was that had this new age of. How, we, how people like to move players to different positions. Well, Allworth was that dude back then and, you know, was a big part of that. That Chargers, what we now know as Eric Correale offense. Right. Uh, that a lot of teams still run elements of to date. So another trailblazer. So once you understand the backstory of a lot of these guys, this dude's putting up 1,600-yard seasons, 1,300-yard seasons in an era where they were the only team passing like that, but the fact they were putting up that, Amount of production mm. in that era was bizarre. So, you know, shout out to those guys for being on list. This. this was a lot harder than I think Twitter made it out to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because we'll, people
1: are yeah. looking. I'm sorry, but people are looking at uh, <coughs> Calvin Johnson and right uh, Cinco. and To and saying like To would have dominated this Night Train Lane dude that
0: you know in, in the, at defensive back or you know if you look uh, but give Night Train Lane the same conditions that we have now. Yeah, and vice versa. You don't know.
1: Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 hard to say that, but you also can respect the fact that these guys are on the list for a reason. Have some respect for the history and how dominant they were. Because as again, growing up, my you couldn't tell me that no running back that I would ever see would be better than Bo Jackson. At thirty eight years old, it's like, okay, I've seen you know, a, a bunch nope, of backs nope, that's, that's that's as good as Bo Jackson. Or not, you know, as far as, like, health-wise, Ricky Williams was, was a good player. Jamal Lewis at Tennessee freshman year. You're Tennessee. talking about in college. In college and then, you know, in, in the pro game. Because obviously we know Bo's history, and Bo, you know, played football part-time. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Better than a lot of people can do it full-time. Bingo. So, just like older people were probably like, oh, you'll never see another – Gail sayers and then reggie bush comes along and you're like god damn that dude is similar to Gail sayers my era uh uh barry sanders and now you see someone like saquon and you're like damn that that dude is like you know similar to barry sanders stuff he does so it 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 you know we've nothing is ever new it eventually right. comes full circle
0: exactly and the, and the theme i think should be don't get angry get educated I like that, man. That's a perfect (laughs) way to end this segment. I think we could learn a lot about that in many different spheres of our lives if we could just educate ourselves. Um, Again. We can go blue in the face until we're with this discussion, and the QBs even haven't even come out yet. So I'm sure that'll be even worse. Listen, but we'll talk about the defensive player next that's gonna week. That's going to be that's going to be like the QBs will lead to World War Three. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's And
2: there's
1: the already two that's out already, and it's Montana and Brady. Those who you can't argue with. No. no so now the question
0: is, who gets those last couple of spots? But let's get into is there going to be ten? Is the question? <laughs> yeah, ten <laughs> quarterbacks because we all need more quarterbacks. Obviously, let's get into Week 17 now because. We are already almost an hour into this podcast, and we haven't even gotten to predictions yet. So let's get into week 17. All the games are on Sunday. Several games, six games, with playoff implications in terms of who is getting a spot. But there's still plenty of seating to discuss as well. Let's start. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Pittsburgh still has a chance to make the postseason. They're sitting in the last first spot out right behind Tennessee. Baltimore's already clinched the number one position. They don't have to win this game, but you know they want to. Devlin
1: Hodges has to have a big game because his NFL career, I hate to say to be so prisoner of the moment, but the fact that he got benched in that game against the Jets, he has to play better in order to survive as an NFL quarterback because you don't want to see a guy just lose an opportunity after he became the the story of the season. So I want to see him go out there and perform well. Even if they lose, I want to see Duck Hodges – throw for 400-something yards against the number one defense.
2: There's a lot of talk on whether or not the Baltimore Ravens are going to play their starters or not. And I don't think that Harbaugh wants there to be a case where he doesn't play his starters, and Pittsburgh finds a way to creep into the playoffs here. So I think that Baltimore is going to finish the season on full tilt, make sure that they get this dub and, and don't see a way that a division foe creeps their way into the playoffs.
3: Yeah, and what's been tough, too, for the Steelers here has been the uh, health of James Conner. The fact that this guy can't stay on the field has been a big hit for them. Uh, they're going to need everything out of this running game to help Devlin Hodges or whoever ends up playing quarterback at the end of this game.
0: Into the next one. This one, really no implications. Jets at Buffalo. What are we looking for? We're looking for the Jets to build on what they did last week. They got I the six wins. They got the six wins. See
1: if they can get to seven. And Buffalo has done a good job in beating teams that they're supposed to beat this is a game that is that and so we'll see how it plays out yeah i'd like to see the buffalo to get out of this
2: one healthy because they're a dangerous team they can be a dangerous team in playoffs with the way that josh allen has turned it on as the season has progressed he, he he's not
3: solely just a running back might beat you with his arm he's turning into a quarterback who can definitely beat you with his arm this should be a nice revenge game for the Jets. I mean, you're going up against you. You should have taken them down week one. You had the big lead. Um, you blow that when and everybody with the Sam Darnold mono and everything. No excuses this week. You have a chance and to he- end the season on a high note. A couple wins in a row would be big going into next year.
0: Next one up here, the Saints looking to clinch a bye in the first round. They take on Carolina Panthers. Have had a really rough year. They obviously had a coaching change in the middle. Can they find a bright spot at the end?
1: You want to see how Will Greer progresses in this ballgame? That's going to be something to watch. And also, can the Saints stop the run?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is a a huge game for the Saints. I'm looking at this game for records because, I mean, McCaffrey already has the reception record for running back looking to build on that. Thomas already has the reception record for wide receivers looking to build on that, as well as Breeze having the uh, all-time touchdown record. But Brady's sitting there right behind him. So who's going to end the year leading the, the NFL in total touchdowns?
3: Uh, For the first time last week, Alvin Kamara kind of bursted on the scene a little bit and showed the explosiveness that we were expecting all year, dealing with injury and just inconsistent uh, inconsistent play. This is a week with a weak Panthers run defense where he can uh, put together back-to-back good week going into the playoffs.
0: Cleveland versus Cincinnati, always a big battle in Ohio, but this one could get ugly very, very quickly. Yeah, it could, but again, the Bengals have been playing tough. We'll
1: see if they can continue to play tough against a team like Cleveland, I think they've all but clinched already the number one yes. pick. Yes. Yep. They can Cincinnati. go all out, balls to the wall, and try to get this win and try to play outstanding football. I want to see a good competitive game by a team that, that is, you know, what, two and uh, one and – one, one and 14.
3: One and 14, you know.
2: Dalton is playing for his career in this one. He really is. If he goes out and lays a stinker, he, he, might, be a, he might be a second stringer somewhere else. But you know that the Bengals are taking a quarterback
3: next season, so – this is, this is all or nothing right now for Dalton. And the Bengals are going all in on this game. Like you said, Dalton's playing for his job, and I think the uh, Bengals going against another division opponent who was supposed to have all the highest hopes this year, a team that's supposed to win this division in the preseason. To have them go out in a loss and to finish them at 6-10 and 10 and have all the turmoil possibly this offseason, uh, it would be nothing more. Uh, they would want the Bengals in this one.
0: Let's move to this next one. There's some implications here. Washington at Dallas anything less than a win for the Dallas Cowboys and they are done Dwayne Haskins though might have a thing to say about whether or not they get to the postseason
1: if he plays with the ankle injury so True. you probably don't want you know stress him True. too far in the meaningless game um, I think he has progressed enough to where he gives you a lot of hope moving forward uh, but you want to see the Cowboys come out there and play their best game because they are still in this thing I like how the league flex both this game and that Eagles game at the same time slot so lot of scoreboard watching between the two teams
2: yeah I don't think that there's any reason why Dwayne Haskins should play in this game I mean he showed you what he's needed to at this point in the season Uh, there's no need to risk any type of injury for the Redskins as a team guys are playing for jobs now so I mean like no they don't want to see the Cowboys get into the playoffs on their account but the Redskins right now like I said they're playing for jobs I look for them to ball out and try and pull
3: the upset against the Cowboys uh, Bill Callahan Bill Callahan has done a nice job since taking over as the interim coach, and it looks like the players have really responded well to him and the way he's been running this running this team, especially giving Haskins a chance to play, really, and give him a chance to uh, really show what he's got. Um, I think they're going to want to go and play spoiler. I expect the Redskins to come out with everything, similar to the Bengals, come out with everything, do everything they can to really hurt on the uh, on the Cowboys.
0: Next one up here, Green Bay taking on Detroit. Green Bay, Pretty much, you've already clinched the spot. Detroit, we pretty much know where their off season is headed. It's not going to be pretty in Detroit.
1: But they did play inspired ball last week against the Broncos. It just wasn't good enough. Uh, we'll see how the Packers do when they have to close out a season against a team that. I don't say packed it in, but this is a team that, you know, you should definitely dominate.
2: Yeah, once again, the, the Lions are another team that is out there and the guys are going to be playing for jobs, yeah, but they're not going to want to roll over in this one. The Packers, like I said, already clinched clinched a playoff spot, but we'll see what Rodgers can get done in this one.
3: Yeah, Matt Patricia's been given the vote of confidence for another year um, by the Ford family, but um, maybe this is a nice wake-up game, nice little uh, play for your coach moment. Maybe we'll learn a lot about this Lions roster going into this game.
0: Huge one here, Tennessee versus Houston. Houston's already clinched the division. We know that they're in. We know that they're hosting a game. Tennessee, if they can do what they didn't do two weeks ago, win and they're in. This is a huge one for the Titans.
1: Huge one for the Titans, but even bigger one for the Texans because you kind of want to build some positive momentum going into the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Tennessee, they've been balling out since Tannehill took over as quarterback.
2: I don't think they scored less than 20 points since Tannehill taken over as quarterback. But this this is a must-win, like definition of a must-win for Tennessee to prove that they can truly
3: make some noise in the postseason. Yeah, hope for the Titans to see Derrick Henry back. This is going to be a playoff atmosphere type of game, hopefully, um, if the Texans treat it that way. Um, but hopefully seeing Derrick Henry back and uh, the way Tannehill has been playing, this should be another good, good one like it was two weeks ago.
0: Next one up, the Colts taking on Jacksonville. Colts cannot make the postseason. It looks like they might have a chance at going at the end of the last week, but they are officially eliminated. They take on the Jacksonville Jaguars, but a good way for maybe Jacoby Brissett to end the season on a high note.
1: Yeah, and you want to see him. He's been a different quarterback since he got hurt, and I think people need to take that into account when they're already looking to draft Jake Fromm and Jordan Love ahead, you know, for him to be to be replaced. But You want to see them get to 500 because no one would have thought they would have gotten to 500 without Andrew Luck this season. So you want to see him close out on a positive note because quietly he has similar stats to Mr. Trubisky.
2: I'm looking at the quarterback situation over in Jacksonville because, like you know, uh, Foles was signed to the monster contract down there, but Minshew has taken over. And what in this game, will Minshew, this is the last staple that he can put on his resume going into this offseason where Jacksonville is going to have to make a decision on what to do here.
3: Absolutely. This is a big one for Minshew. I think you. this game is going to be a big one and how they respond with, are we looking for the quarterback of the future or are we going to move on?
0: Speaking about another potential team looking for a quarterback, that's the L.A. Chargers. They take on the Kansas City Chiefs in their final game of the season. The questions around Phillip Rivers are still very much swirling. Meanwhile, Kansas City might have looked much, much better from the worry that we had in the middle of the year for them. They're 11-4. and four. They're still looking to get in with some big momentum.
1: Yeah, they are, and I, I think when you look at this matchup, you want to see Kansas City work on some of the things that uh, they're going to need in the playoffs. Run game, better defensive play. The defense has been good each and every week since the game in mexico city want to see that running game start to develop maybe they lean on their ground game in this one against uh los angeles
2: yeah like you mentioned dave the big one in this one is rivers he's on a contract year so this is this is all or nothing for him i mean is he gonna walk away and this could be his last game in a chargers uniform can he get it done against the chiefs or
3: will that be it this is contract time, too, for Melvin Gordon. So uh, Melvin Gordon might not be there next year. They didn't want to pay him this year. So this is a big deal if uh, if Melvin Gordon wants to show, because he's had a down year since he's been back, if he wants to show a little um, little boom into his uh, Week 17 game to get paid somewhere else.
0: Let's move to this next one. Chicago taking on Minnesota. The Vikings are going to the postseason. The Bears, we thought they might be going to the postseason, did not come to pass. But this is a huge game, not only for the coaching staff at Chicago, but for Mitch Trubisky. Big game
1: for Mr. Biscay. You want to see him stack a positive performance on top of one another. He didn't have one against Kansas City. Let's see if he can have one to close out the season. Big game for Kirk Cousins in this one,
2: I feel. he def. I think that he definitely wants to get some momentum, keep, keep it rolling, pretty much, and try to roll it over into the following week's postseason. You don't want to come out here and lay a stinker to a division rival and then just take that into the next week.
3: Looking at Mike Boone here, who's going to have to step up and take up some more carries. Um, they definitely want to rest Alvin Cook going in, even if he is ready to go. Um, I believe Alexander Madison is still out. So this is a chance for Mike Boone to really cement maybe uh, some burn time in the playoffs.
0: The last time the Dolphins played New England late in the season, we had a bit of a miracle in Miami. But this time around, Dolphins are looking much worse. Although they have improved in the second half of the season, New England got the win against Buffalo. They are the division champions. They will be hosting a playoff game in the first round. Now they want to get two wins in a row to get momentum.
1: I want to see how the Dolphins show up for this ball game. They've been game all season long. Credit to Ryan Fitzpatrick for playing Ryan Fitzpatrick football. Uh, but I want to see how the Dolphins close close out their season.
2: I'm going to say it before Alex says it.
1: We're dealing with Fitz magic here, okay? Yeah.
2: <laughs> there they are. <laughs> you, know, you never know what's going to happen in this one. Fitzpatrick, you know he's the journeyman of the NFL. He'll probably be somewhere else next year, but he has to put
3: some more on tape. Fitz, magic baby. <laughs> now, now, this is this is, more important for this game is for the New England Patriots. You know how they play in December. You know when it comes playoff time, any doubters pretty much get wiped away a week or two before the season, uh, right before the playoffs. Um, so, a big win here, and a convincing win, um, could really ease a lot of would-be doubters.
0: I, I'm. I think I saw over the week on Twitter that uh, Fitzpatrick he threw four touchdowns for now his fifth. Different NFL team in a game. That's right. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be part of the NFL 100, but what I am saying, (laughs) only two names have been revealed, and if that beautiful beard pops up in the next week, that would be the ultimate. Moving on to this next one, Eagles win and you win the division. Maybe no one deserves to, but somebody has to. So the one thing standing in the way though is Big Blue, and you know there's nothing more then Daniel Jones or Eli Manning, whoever they are, whoever recovers from the partying that we saw at the end of this past weekend, whoever gets the start, they can ruin everybody in Philadelphia's day, and that would be nothing better for a New York person.
1: I love the fact that we get in Week 17 something we haven't seen before. We haven't seen Daniel Jones versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, Eli Manning played that game in Philly a couple of weeks ago, so this is his first opportunity. We don't know how the Eagles will prepare for a Daniel Jones-led offense, so we shall see. Now they have a healthier – Saquon, we know the last meeting, uh they forgot Saquon was on the team. Didn't give him the football that last drive. Yep. So we'll see how this plays out. I think this is gonna be a very intriguing game. Giants can get the five and eleven. Definitely is gonna be an intriguing
2: game. I can't wait for this matchup. Hopefully the Giants can spoil spoil the Eagles new year, spoil <laughs> spoil Carson Wentz's better than 2017 season. Go
3: big blue. Let's go. It's week 17. Uh Dan Jones coming off a five touchdown performance looked very good against Washington. And Saquon Barkley looks healthy. This is one of the last teams you want to see if you're the if you're the Eagles, and that's crazy to say because it's a four and eleven team that you, I mean, you didn't handle the first time, but you you were able to come back and show your dominance to. This is a team that wants nothing more, like you said, to ruin your season, and they're playing, but coming off a really really good week.
0: Now the question is, how does Stephen A. respond if Philadelphia loses and somehow Dallas makes the postseason? <laughs> gotcha. That would be really interesting to watch. Next one up. Atlanta. They've been playing for their coach's job. I think they've more than secured that, taking on America's quarterback, James Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The question now is, who will have more touchdowns? Will it be more Atlanta Falcon touchdowns or James Winston interceptions? It'll be
1: probably a situation where James is going to throw five and five. You never know. (laughs) He can get the 30-30 club, I'm just saying. This is going to be probably the most entertaining game of the weekend because it involves James Winston.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, Jameis is going to give you 5-5. Five and five. This is probably going to be a shootout, both teams scoring in the 30s, but the Falcons only getting
3: there off of Jameis' turnovers. You just put that in perspective, 30-30 club, like, wow. <laughs> <You can actually laughs> wow, oh, man. Uh, I mean, for a little bit of uh, in-division type of competition here, winning this game for what it's worth, gets second place in the division, which, yes, they it's this, the, the, the the season has been lost as far as going to the postseason for these teams, but that's something to play for, and we already know that the Falcons are playing for their head coach, so it's going to be fun to watch.
1: Breaking news right quick. Harbaugh said that Lamar Jackson, Earl Thomas, Marshall Yonder, Brandy Williams all won't play mm. Sunday against okay. the Steelers.
3: That
0: is good news for Pittsburgh, and that is not good news for Tennessee or our next team, the Oakland Raiders. They have, I mean, The parapet that they have been walking for the last two weeks has been insane. They got every break they needed last week. Now can they get it again? The first step is to beat a very good Denver team that they've been playing much better the last couple weeks. Much
1: better the last couple weeks. And, you know, we could see a situation where uh, the quarterback looks better than Derek Carr because quietly a lot of people had Drew Locke mocked to the Oakland Raiders this past draft. But they were all in on Carr. We'll see. This is a big game for Oakland, big game for Denver. So I think this will be another one of these highly competitive ball games where a team is looking to finish either 8-8 eight eight or 7-9. So it should be a good one.
2: Do me a favor, Dave. Define parapet for me. Parapet <laughs> is <laughs>
0: – my vocabulary is far beyond yours. That's all i say. Parapet is <laughs> as in the proverbial tightrope. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this
2: is Denver Broncos-Oakland Raiders matchup. It's going to be interesting because we know what this Denver Broncos defense can do. Drew Locke has stepped up huge since taking over for him, looking like he can be that quarterback of the future for them, like they drafted him to be. But this Oakland Raiders team can still make the playoffs, as we, as we mentioned. Are they going to get Josh Jacobs back in this one? Is Darren Waller going to continue to ball out for them? Or is Derek Carr, or is it David Carr?
3: Who knows? <laughs> which
2: car will, <laughs> which, which car will show up. Which Carr will show up.
3: Every week we've said David Carr, by the way. Every week we've said David <laughs> Carr in this podcast. I'm not corrected anybody when they've said it. I've just enjoyed it. But, um,. <laughs> This is uh, Hunter Renfro coming back last week was a big deal, and they looked good. Um, uh, This offense for Oakland looked like the offense before their losing streak, and they looked like the team that looked like the sixth spot in the playoffs. So hopefully they continue to keep that rolling because Denver's playing very well right now, and this could be a really, really good game.
0: By the way, speaking of Oakland, Marshall Lynch apparently was serving tequila shots in a parking lot tailgate in Oakland eight days ago at the Raiders' last home game. And now it sounds like he might as well be signed and might be starting for the Seattle Seahawks. Give me a team with weekend. Ryan
3: Fitzpatrick and Marshawn Lynch right now. <laughs> and winning
0: games. It's over. It's You're over. Games. One more before we get to the Sunday night game, and that is Arizona taking on the L.A. Rams. Rams came back nicely in the second half of the season, but inconsistencies have killed their playoff chances. Arizona, not bad with a first year head coach and a rookie quarterback. You
1: know what's was interesting about Arizona? You could pinpoint three games to where. It could have easily been the other way around. And we're talking about them fighting for a wild card spot in the playoffs. Shout out to what they did this this uh, season. We don't know if we're going to see uh, Kyler Murray this week because of the hamstrings. So, but he has put together a very good rookie year. They should be excited about the future.
2: He has put together a very good rookie year as well as Kingsbury has put together a very good rookie uh, rookie head coaching season for them a lot of questions at the beginning of the season of what this Cardinals team will be and they prove that they can be competitive in almost every matchup this Rams team really a disappointment throughout the year but if Huntley starts what his, this is a game for him to put together on tape a whole game to further his career
3: yeah, one thing, if anyone, I was definitely a little critical of Cliff Kingsbury because I feel like at times he was holding the team back because of his rookie year, but um, he showed last week the way he's coached up Brett Hundley a little bit, or at least in that system, he fits well, and he's a lot of guy like Brett Hundley who, if you ask Packer fans, you ask a bunch of uh, so-called NFL fans, they would have thrown this guy out of the league after um, a rough uh, start to it, and um, he looked good getting that win uh, in Seattle, and um, if he ends up being the guy – If the Rams may have quit in this game, he could look good again.
0: And one last game to get to. This game was flexed to Sunday night, San Francisco at Seattle. This should be meaningless. This should be meaningless. Seattle should have taken care of the division already. They didn't. Now they have to play San Francisco one more time after barely getting past them in the first meeting of the season. If San Francisco wins, they get a first-round bye. If they lose, they are on the road in the first round Seattle, same thing. Huge matchup, vice versa. Marshawn Lynch might be back. Do we, does Beast Mode make the difference? It could make the difference, but I think you're gonna
1: ha- you're gonna have to see whether or not the defense of San Francisco in the secondary is healthy enough to contend with these receivers going deep down the field. That is the game within the game that I'm going to be looking forward to seeing.
2: The game within the game that I will be looking forward to seeing is this San Fran defense against Russell Wilson's legs, because. San Fran has shown that they have a lot of trouble stopping the mobile quarterback. I mean, they had two pretty much shootouts against Kyler Murray. Um, they had a hard time stopping L.J. A- A.K.A. Sticks. They had a, and they had a hard time stopping Russell Wilson the first time. So if Carroll is looking at that as what to do offensively, you might want to rely on Russell Wilson's legs a little bit more in this one.
3: Definitely gonna be tougher here on Seattle. Um, mentioned before, we saw it before that Dwayne Brown is not gonna be in the game, so having to deal with that front of san francisco yes the secondaries beat up a little bit but um but if they're going to be getting after Russ wilson and not having the running attack yes in theory having marshawn lynch being your guy should be okay but he still doesn't bring that explosiveness anymore at this stage that carson and penny were able to bring that'll do it folks that is the end of our final
0: preview of the regular season that is it for those of you out there, everybody listening, thank you so much for listening into us here on, in 2019. For those of you already celebrating, have a very happy Hanukkah. For those of you about to be celebrating, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a happy Kwanzaa as well. And we will be back next Monday to discuss round one of the NFL playoffs. For Alex Marinoni, Troy Anthony, the Czar of the Playbook Emery on, I've been David Hasse, and Thanks for listening in.